This is a Radio 1 91FM podcast. Duncan Haynes there with uh, his track Dim Sum, uh, which he recorded in London in 2009 with a, um, well, I I might just ask him in a second. Hopefully we have him on the line here. Duncan, are you there? I'm I'm here. Hello, Mark. Cool. Cool, great to have you uh, on Jazz Junction today. Uh, so uh, that track in particular, um, could you tell us who the rhythm section was, who you were playing with there? Yeah, I think that was um, Tim Robertson on bass, who's a, a fellow Kiwi. Oh, he's a fellow uh, Kiwi, cool. Quite quite well known here in the in the 90s and yep. ended up in London for a while. Yeah. Um, and uh, Pat Levitt on, on drums, great British drummer. Cool. Cool, awesome. Trio for a while there. Yep, and we we also just heard the a little bit a fragment of the intro to um, uh, a tune you played in um, Wellington. I, I believe this is probably from the concert I saw back in February, which was with Mark and um, Seth, who were coming down here to Dunedin. Yes. Yeah. So that was a, a fragment of a tune called December Wood. So. Mm. So I was just thinking uh, in regards to your time overseas. Um, so where did you first... How, firstly, uh, you've, been out, you've been out of the country for really quite a while. Um, how, how long was that and where did you first go when you left New Zealand? Yeah, so that was 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, and I came back once to visit in all of that time, so it's really been away, away. Yeah. Um, I uh, I finished up my degree at at, at Massey and uh, just felt like I needed um, more challenges. Um, and that, that was pre YouTube, pre social yeah. media. Um, so the world was a bit different in those days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I felt I really had to go yeah. to other places to to experience some things um, and get access to new information and, and new yeah. challenges. Um, uh, so I ended up going to London, um, uh, not knowing anybody, yep. and stayed there um, for about eight years. Um, oh, yeah. uh, went to the States, to mm-hmm. Louisiana with a rock band. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't quite work out. I'm not mm-hmm. uh, super rich and super famous, as you probably <laughs> noticed. Um, then uh, went to Peru, because my, my ex-wife was Peruvian, and... Uh, so we decided to go there and, and see the family and everything. We lived there for three years. And then um, uh, not me not speaking any Spanish, mm-hmm. of course. And then uh, we decided to uh, move to France. Neither of us really speaking French. <laughs> taking our two young girls there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I've decided to the next phase. It's not really coming back to New Zealand. It's been so long. It's a new, a new phase, a new adventure. Mm-hmm. It's, it's back here since the end of last year. Yeah, yeah, great. So, uh, what were the what were the differences between the types of musical scenes uh, in in the different places you've lived? London, Paris, um, Louisiana, Lima. Uh, 
I guess especially maybe in terms of jazz so, uh, for our jazz listeners out there today. Yeah, they were. There's uh, there are a lot of wonderful musicians in London. Um, uh, it's really a world class scene of of all different genres of music. Um, mm. uh, that I I was slightly afraid when I first went there. I thought that I was going into like a sort of shark tank. Of, yeah. Like, get cut and you know not be allowed to play at this jam session. And, <laughs> uh, evil glances from people and things. And in fact, it was really the opposite. It was really open, really welcoming. Everybody was super connected, so you could find your own your own path and your own people. Um, I was very lucky to to meet uh, some really wonderful jazz musicians there. I played at Ronnie Scott's a few times. Cool. Um, Pizza Express and Dean Street, which is another great mm. jazz club, uh, a mm. few times as well as many other things. I also played a lot of rock and pop when I was there, and right. those musicians are. Uh, the people that play with Amy Winehouse and Newton Faulkner and those sort of yeah. people. So the standard was really high. I learnt a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, so London was a huge melting pot of all sorts of different things. Um, Louisiana was it was blues. I went there with a rock band, but I ended up playing um, blues. Uh, I even played in a in a, a blues club at Clarksdale, Mississippi, which is where the, the crossroads is. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Robert Johnson sold his soul to the devil. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So that was a really interesting experience. And then um, in in Peru, there was some jazz musicians. There was some a younger uh, crew of people that have mostly gone to the states and studied at university mm-hmm. and then come back and brought contemporary jazz influences into the music. But even that was quite a lot of fusion with Latin American music yeah. and tra- uh, traditional Afro-Peruvian music. Mm. So that was another pretty steep learning curve for me. Mm. I uh, I played uh, Afro-Cuban music with Cuban guys yeah. that live in, in Lima, and uh, really, um, yeah, it was eye-opening. <laughs> <laughs> but a hu- huge, huge pleasure. You know, I mean, that's that's part of the thing that I've, I've really loved. Um, I've been lucky to be able to uh, put myself in those situations and mm. open open new opportunities and new ideas for myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's. That sounds fantastic. Um, I was just thinking with regards to, um, you know, playing, for example, the Afro-Peruvian music or, you know, uh, Latin American kind of pop fusion crossover stuff. Um, it might be a bit of a tricky question, but do you think there's any core similarities you sort of bring to, like, uh, that kind of work versus, for example, I've got a, I'm, I'll probably play a, a couple of tracks later on in the show off an album you did with a guitarist called I believe it's Matthew Mitchell in sure. uh, 2006 called the Urban Choreographic which is almost mm. free almost free improvisation or uh, at least you know yeah. to my ear it's de- it definitely draws on that kind of sound world you know do, do you think there's yeah. any similarities at all? <laughs> uh, well yeah absolutely I yeah. mean it's a, it's a really good question Alex uh, I um uh it's there are different different music group contexts uh have sometimes they have different vocabulary mm. um and also you might have a slightly different role uh, mm. depending on depending on the the um tr- standard tropes of the of the music like in like if it's also well i'm going to be playing montunos or tumbales yeah 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 most of the time yeah and have the odd solo but i'm not allowed to stop 
Right, right, right. Drums can stop, or there can be breakdowns and things, but yeah, pretty yeah. much the, the piano is the thing that's the, the engine that, that doesn't stop in that music. Yeah, um, yeah. So there's, there, are, there are specific things, um, mm. uh, like, you know, the bass, a bass player in, in standard jazz needs to walk. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Play sure. broken time all the time or solo around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, if you do, you have to do it with having absorbed that tradition. Yeah, yeah. But aside, aside from those kinds of things, mm. um, I really look at uh, it. It's all the same. It, mm. uh, having the hearing things in your, your musical imagination, um, making good choices in the moment, and yeah. being, listening and being connected with the other musicians, and, and trying to tell a story. Yeah, um, yeah. Whatever the vocabulary is, or mm. whatever the, the context is, um, and that's that's all I've ever tried to do, and yep. it's seen me okay up until now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's 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 done very well for you that approach by the sounds of things uh and certainly it comes across in your uh music um it's just um similarly um following on from that question you you uh, are actually a writer on music and on music uh teaching as well mm. you know, you've got a book called mastering the practice of music um and so i was wondering how that came about yeah, oh, um, that was uh, when I was in Lima in Peru. Yeah. I uh, got a job teaching piano at on the degree course at the university mm. um, with very very basic Spanish at the beginning. Um, uh, and uh, what I discovered there um, was one: the the syllabus was uh, a mess, <laughs> and I felt that I couldn't teach it. It'd just been cadged together off off. On various different things, yeah. um, and I felt like it wasn't that wasn't a contemporary piano um, syllabus over yeah. four years. Um, uh, so I basically wrote the whole syllabus myself, divided mm. it up into years and all the different things and what they were going to do for exams. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but in doing that, I had to ask myself the questions of well, what do I think they should be doing, and yeah. why should they be doing it, and how do they do that? Um, so I had to reflect, having basically for the previous few years um, in London mainly, I hadn't done any teaching at all. I'd been gigging every night, yeah, yeah. doing no teaching whatsoever. <laughs> um, and then here I was uh, suddenly thinking, oh, okay, I'm at university and I have to justify why I'm telling them <laughs> to do this or not do that yeah. or whatever. And yeah. it, so it was a big process of sort of self-reflection of, oh, okay, what? why am I doing this? <laughs> um, yeah. And then, uh, so... Through that, through a period of, of months there, and I was giving the material to the students, I could see also that uh, which ones were practicing and which ones weren't. Mm. It's really obvious when you're a teacher; you can tell as soon as they walk into the room by their body language and <laughs> the way they interact with you. Even yeah. if you, uh, as a kid, I thought I was getting away with it. I realised no, I wasn't. <laughs> um, uh, and I realised that even the very motivated ones, they weren't progressing in, in the way that I would have expected. They were mm. talented and motivated, and they were clearly practicing. So that led me to ask myself, well, okay, why not? And, and what are the hows? And how do you practice to be effective? Mm. Um, so I sort of put all that stuff together. Then I, I, I did a lot of reading um, of current research and, and mm. old quotes going back through the masters. Um, mm. And uh, I, tried, I put it all together into a document for, for them, and that mm. sort of got tidied up and evolved a bit into, into this book. It's um, supposed to be sort of a handbook that yeah. you can dip into and just read a couple of pages here, a couple of pages there, and yeah. hopefully glean some useful things that 
mean that when you're practicing, which we all do every day, or should be in yeah, most days, yeah, yeah. um, <laughs> that it's a happy and fruitful uh, and enriching experience yeah. where whatever you do, you feel like, yes. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. gives you the motivation to do the next 10 minutes or the next thing tomorrow. Or um, So, yeah, that's how, that's how that evolved. Um, mm. And it's the same stuff that I tell every student, <laughs> <laughs> whether yeah. they listen or not. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, um, I've got Karen in the studio here. You oh, might have heard you. Hi, Duncan. Yeah. Hi, Karen. So, Hello, that was a great story. How so, wonderful. <laughs> We've actually got your book, but we haven't had time oh. to look at it. You know, it's probably oh, um, indicative of my lack of practice, really. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, I'm going to be bringing uh, some copies. Oh, um, great, yeah. I, I, haven't, I haven't got hard copies of CDs, physical copies of CDs uh-huh. uh, anymore, um, and I thought I'd better bring something to... Uh, I mean, um, sellers, some kind of merchandise. Yeah, no, that would be Not great. Not just merchandise, but, you know. Um, so, uh, oh, thanks for that. So I'm, I'm glad. I look forward to hearing your comments. Once <laughs> yeah, you yeah. It is, and it is, is quite a short book, uh, so it's not in, yes. uh, it's not intimidating in stature. No. <laughs> um, that was the point. Yeah, you, yeah. You can dip in and out and, and uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I love hearing your stories, though, of your adventure. Um, you know, from leaving New Zealand and just throwing yourself in the deep end and being being willing to just go exploring and it's just all it's been a fabulously eclectic journey. Eclectic's the right word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very diplomatic of you. <laughs> um well we're ve- we're very excited to be um you know, welcome welcoming you to Dunedin on Friday and um I'm sure all the audience will be uh, looking forward to that too. Mm. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be lovely, yeah. Because um, uh, you built a little uh, Te Waipunamu tour, didn't you, to be able to kind of venture down this far south. How? Where are you going for our uh, listeners that might be in different centres? What places yeah. are you going? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the inauguration of the... Albany Street Jazz Loft was the sort of keystone event that I, I really wanted to, to come and be a part of once she yes. mentioned it to me. We're very humbled and, and excited about that. Thank you. Oh, it's, a, it's a great project and a, a wonderful thing that um, uh, yeah, I really hope goes really well. Oh, mm-hmm. cheers. As well. it's, cheers. Uh, <laughs> just the next week. Um, so we're, so uh, we're starting off in Picton on Wednesday night. Then uh, that's at um, Le Café by Peter Shoney. Then we're playing at um, the O3 sessions at Space Academy. In yeah, that sounds like a great Thursday. initiative too. Yeah, also. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the Friday uh, with, with you guys in Dunedin. Mm. Um, Saturday we're doing a, a video recording in Christchurch for Alex Harmer. I don't know if you know his, his channel Live at Alex's. Oh. Um, but it's a really great uh, YouTube channel um, where he documents local original music. Fantastic. Um, particularly from, from the South Island. It's really nicely shot, really nicely recorded. Beautiful. Um, I recommend checking that out. Yeah, um, will do. And then on the Sunday, we're going up to Nelson. We play at Fairfield House. Mm. And then uh, hopefully get back uh, safe and sound to Wellington. In one piece. Weather, weather, weather depends. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you have a nice smooth crossing both ways. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so... Uh, for our listeners out there who may not have um, 
caught what I said before. You're, the trio you're bringing down features uh, the drummer Mark Lockett, who plays mm. a lot around Wellington and has his own quartet as well, and also uh, Seth Boy, who's a, a very talented uh, up-and-coming young bass player. Uh, so I was just wondering if you wanted to say a word about uh, anything you particularly enjoy, particularly enjoy about playing with these uh, musicians. Yeah, well, uh, I certainly do. Um, uh, I've known Mark for a long time, since the late 90s, when I first came to Wellington to, to do my degree, and he was around town then. Um, and then uh, I left mid-2000, and we'd done a lot of a lot of gigs together and a lot of hanging out together, a lot of listening. Um, and uh, I, I took off I to the journeys that I've already described. And in fact, he went to Melbourne very soon after that, spent several years there, and then spent a number of years in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and when I came back, we've reconnected. And it's been fascinating to discover that okay, we haven't seen each other for 20 years. And mm. We've both carried on our musical journeys, but there's a huge intersection um, there's something that is common to jazz worldwide, mm. and and great players worldwide that we've that we've drawn from. So there's a there's a great connection with the tradition there, um, and also the joy of playing live, mm. um, rather than it being necessarily studied music. I mean, the lots of the music that I write isn't the simplest necessarily, mm. um, but it's uh, we want to, we both love that um, visceral being in the moment and drawing on jazz tradition but sort of it, it coming out uniquely every time mm. um, so I've really enjoyed that um, in, in Mark's playing and his character mm. and um, and Seth uh, I didn't know before and he's, he's wonderful, very flexible he swings really hard but he's able to turn on a dime and, mm. and uh, respond and, and inspire us as well mm. it's, um, it's a very enjoyable uh, trio that uh, we never know what's going to happen from one moment to the next. Yeah. No. E- equal, equal parts adrenaline and fear. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really want audiences to come and experience this. It's very hard to uh, explain or to kind of promote that side of, um, you know, this intimate space that we've found and um, how thrilling it can be, the experience for audiences and and the musicians. So... Yeah, it's hard to kind of promote that or or put words to that. I think, Duncan, have you got any ideas? Um, well, yeah. I mean, that is the, the reason why I play music. Really, very, very boldly put, is is that feeling of 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 it being live and the audience being there as being part of the moment and being able to engage with something. I mean, you, you know, um, when you go to a sports match, you don't know what the result's going to be. Mm. You don't know what's going to happen from one second to the next, and you go along with the, with the drama as it unfolds. I mean, afterwards you feel elated or less elated. <laughs> but um, the, you, you love the game. Mm. You love the, the experience of, of being there and being part of, of a crowd of people and something, um, we don't call it improvisation in sport, but you know something unfolding that, we, that you don't know what's going to happen. And it's kind of the same with the music. Sometimes because music can be recorded, then people think that they want to hear the stuff they already know mm. and hear sort of something that's sort of a, cop, a cut and paste of, of mm. something. But, mm. you know, music is, is visceral and, and temporal. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, and I think we forget that sometimes. 
but that's that's the whole joy of it. Yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the music that people are going to hear on Friday and on the other days of the tour is mm. going to be different to any other any other moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's still all your own original compositions as well. Yeah, which is, which is great. Yeah, mm. yeah, and people don't have to feel like they know the songs. It's just mm. or like yeah. being told a story where yes. you don't know the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From one sentence to yeah. the next, you know, and there's, yeah. there's drama and there's light and shade and, and mm. Uh, mm. yeah, and the, and the audience influence us hugely. Yeah. Exactly. Um, those those couple of live tracks that I put from the from the concert we did in February that you guys saw, mm. um, it was great listening back to that and hearing how much the audience is a fourth member of the group. Yeah, mm. yeah, a big yeah. fourth member. Mm. Um, and how inspiring that is for us mm. musically to go further um, every time. Mm. Definitely. So I hope people that's what people are gonna come along to yeah, yeah, yes. no, and, and enjoy. That that's an absolutely fantastic description of what you guys do and of um your approach to improvisation and really uh, a whole tradition of improvisation. Uh just one last question I was gonna ask. Uh, uh unfortunately we'll have to um leave things where they are uh soon, but I was just wondering uh, what have you been listening to recently, or who have you been listening to? <laughs> ah. um, yeah, oh, it's a very eclectic, again, to use that word, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, long long list of things. Um, I would say most relevant for, for, for this gig um, are um, the classics of... of I was thinking of counter plays at least, you know, Herbie Hancock, his yep. character, career, Bill Evans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the great quartet. Yeah. Or a quartet, but you know. Um, and a slightly younger, perhaps, um, John Taylor is a huge, huge uh, hero of mine, okay. British jazz counter player. Yeah. Um, uh, Fred Hirsch. Oh, yeah. Who's something in that same tradition, and Kenny Werner. Oh, yeah, Kenny um, Werner, yeah. And then of a, of a, a younger, younger generation, yeah. um, uh, Gerald Clayton is fantastic. Mm. Uh, Eldar Jangarov, mm. um, and uh, I would say uh, Robert Glasper. Oh yeah, His yeah, yeah. trio stuff is fantastic. Yeah, I, 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 like, I like the more contemporary stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Actually, I played a couple of tracks of his piano trio last week on the show. I was thinking about right. playing some. Yeah, and I, I've played a wee bit of VJ Iyer just before. Oh sure, you're yeah. Familiar with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Part oh of yeah, Jason Moran is in that bag as well. Oh yeah, 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 but, sure, yeah, cool. Well, we'd love you to do our playlist for the <laughs> night, maybe, <laughs> 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 or throw some ideas at what you'd like to hear in the background, yeah. <laughs> in between oh, your sure. sets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll think about that. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, thanks hugely for joining us on the show today and uh, hopefully we didn't take up too much of your time uh, in your no doubt busy schedule there um, but that was a very illuminating interview and uh, for listeners who may have just tuned in we've been talking to Duncan Haynes who is bringing his trio, the Duncan Haynes trio to the Albany Street Jazz Loft this coming Friday uh, and uh, he will be playing a couple of sets of all original compositions and uh Duncan and uh, the Mark Lockett and Seth Boy who play in the band are all fantastic improvisers so yeah. you can expect an world evening class. of really um, edge of your seat um, world class uh, and lovely people as well yeah and lovely people as well <laughs> as Karen says but world class yeah, improvisational storytelling as Duncan was saying just before so thanks heaps 
for Dunk to Duncan for joining us on the show. And if you want to secure your tickets for that event, uh, have a look at Eventbrite, uh, Duncan Haynes Trio, or search Albany Street Jazz Loft on Eventbrite. Ticketing tickets are through events, Eventbrite, and it's twenty dollars uh, general admission and fifteen dollars for students with photo ID. Thanks very much, Duncan, and you're with Jazz Jazz Junction on Radio 1, and we're going to play a couple of tracks of Duncan's now uh, to take us uh, just past the half-hour mark. This is a track from the Urban Choreographic, released 2006, Duncan Haynes on piano, Matthew Mitchell on guitar. It's called Interior Drones. Thanks for listening to Radio 191 FM podcast. All of our content lives online at r1.co.nz.